It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life, from health and wellness to professional development to personal well-being. Change makers join me to share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself, and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. Now, let's start talking. Does prosperity lead to happiness, or is it the other way around? The way we view money can either make us live in fear of never having enough, or it can offer us the opportunity to achieve long-term prosperity. Today's guest, Joyce Mortar, helps people achieve financial well-being by focusing on psychological and relational issues around money. She teaches how to release limiting habits and beliefs to open up a world of financial security and confidence. Joyce is a psychotherapist, speaker, and founder of Urban Balance, a nationwide counseling practice. Her new book is The Financial Mindset Fix, a Mental Fitness Program for an Abundant Life. Welcome, Joyce. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. So, Joyce, you've asked the question, does prosperity lead to happiness or is it the other way around? And I think that is such an interesting question because I believe many of us have it backwards. What are your thoughts on this? Well, as a licensed psychotherapist, I've been practicing for 25 years, and I found that when we do our internal work and we align with our higher, deeper self, and we align our gifts with the need in the world, we welcome prosperity. And it doesn't go the other way around. If we're chasing money, money does not bring happiness. But when we're connected with our essence, and we're doing the work that we're called to do and meant to do in the world for the greater good. We're happy, we're joyful, and we lead an abundant and prosperous life. And I let off with that question, Joyce, for the very reason that I I do believe most people think that they will be happy when they have money, that money does bring happiness. And I think that that's a great way for us to start this conversation because your work really teaches us that it's the opposite. Correct. Many people come into therapy and they're looking for the perfect job, the perfect relationship, the bigger bank account, the you know, more money. But that doesn't happen until you get the inside right. And so it's focusing on the externals that we just end up chasing our dreams and we're not feeling, you know, content on a deeper level. But when we work on our relationship with ourselves and we look at our self-worth and we embrace our worth, we can manifest a greater life for ourselves. So let's expand upon that a little bit. How does a person's mental health relate to his or her finances? They're very very interconnected. When we are dealing with mental health issues, which we all deal with as part of the human condition, no shame, no stigma, especially during the pandemic, Many of us are experiencing stress, anxiety, depression, grief and loss, or trauma, and this can negatively impact our job performance, our ability to be creative in our work and productive, and so that negatively impacts our finances. And the other way around, when we, you know, when we're not taking care of our self-worth, 
we're not putting ourselves out in the, in the world in the way that we would. Something really interesting that I noticed in my practice was as my clients made progress in therapy, they started to earn more money. And I was like, why in the world is this happening? We're not even talking about finances. And I realized it was because we're always working on their self-worth. And as they felt better about themselves, they were putting themselves out in the world with more confidence, more assertiveness. They were expanding their comfort zone and being more courageous in their professions and negotiating financially. I know a lot of people who you talk about self-worth and, and self-value. They tie that to the amount of money they make. I, I know people that own businesses who are really making a major impact in the world. They're doing wonderful work, but because their sales are not at a certain level, they actually view themselves as failing. Yes, exactly. And we need to understand that our worth is internal. We are not our bank accounts. We are not our financial lives. And we are always innately worthy and deserving. When we connect with our essence, we know that. And we know that our financial situation, whether it's bad or good, is temporary. It can change. And we're not attached to that. We're not attaching our worth to our finances. When we do attach our worth to our finances, we can experience tremendous financial anxiety. We can experience depression. Actually, 16% of suicides are financially driven, and suicide rates are at a 30-year all-time high. So it's, it's very, very concerning. And so when we attach our worth to our finances, we're operating from a place of ego. So in my book and in my program, I talk about how to embrace your true worth and detach from ego so that you can manage your finances in a way that is conscious and you can tolerate, you know, risk tolerance. You can tolerate ebbs and flows without, you know, feeling poorly. And Susie Orman, the financial advisor, noticed the same thing that I did in her work. She said that she noticed that self-worth leads to net worth, but that it does not work the other way around. We all know people with a tremendous amount of money who aren't happy, don't feel good about themselves on a deeper level. It's more of an empty feeling with their finances. And we all have different money scripts. So some people have you know, money, money worship or money status scripts where they think that money is going to bring them happiness or self-worth. When we really want to be money vigilant, we want to be conscious of our financial life and tend to it as part of our self-care. If we stay in that ego place of fear, we have a scarcity mindset that there's never enough, and then we're always fearful. But when we can switch it around, we can switch into the place of abundance where there's more than enough, and, and then we actually attract that into our life, as you say. Very well said, Joan. I completely agree. And scarcity mindset, is it's really come about even more so with the pandemic. People are fearful and competitive over resources. I mean, think about even the toilet paper or gasoline. Uh, scarcity mindset is fear-based where we're competitive over resources and we focus on lack and what we don't have. While an abundance mindset is really trust that there's more than enough resources for all of us, including money or opportunities, jobs, food, love, whatever it might be. And we work then in a collaborative way with others instead of being competitive. And we, you know, operate in a, a way that involves trust. And just like you said, it welcomes the flow of prosperity. 
So what about the people who are raised like me, for example, I'm middle-aged and my parents were Depression-era children. And so we were raised with a particular thought process around money and, and perhaps somebody who may be younger but has parents who didn't have a whole lot. And, you know, they're, they're programmed from a young age with the scarcity mindset. How do we recognize this internal programming and then overcome it? You're exactly right. So each of us have our own psychology of money, the way we think, feel, and behave around money, and that's shaped and molded by our earlier life experiences with our parents or past relationships or past jobs or cultural or religious beliefs. Like you, my father grew up in the Great Depression and had a scarcity mindset, and when I was an adolescent, he was unemployed for many years, and that's financial trauma. And financial traumas can really cause us to operate in a fear-based way, and that impacted my adult life as an entrepreneur and business owner. I noticed that um, in my practice, we all unconsciously recreate what's familiar until we become aware and we choose something better. So I recreated a state of financial anxiety and my business was in a period of cash flow hell. I thought that I was going to have to file business bankruptcy, and I had tremendous financial anxiety. And I used the tools from my clinical training to turn the ship around. Those are the mindsets that I share in my book, 12 mindsets that help us shift our psychology of money, embrace our worth, access support, and cultivate mental and financial resilience and prosperity. Joyce, would you share a few of those mindsets with us? Absolutely. The first one we've already discussed, which is abundance, shifting from scarcity to abundance. The second is awareness, which is becoming conscious. We all have financial denial. We have rationalizations, intellectualizations, and we need to become conscious of our financial reality and our mental health reality, which is also impacting our financial health. Other chapters include self-love, really working on your relationship with yourself to embrace your worth. I talk about compassion, how when we have compassion for others and, and for ourselves, welcome prosperity that isn't about materialism or greed or excess, but it's about becoming our best self so that we can shine the light for others and help more. We can provide jobs or internships or be philanthropists. I also talk about you know, accessing support, which I think is one of the most important keys to success. We're all interdependent as human beings, and I let financial shame and fear keep me from seeking the business and financial consultation that would have helped me, that would have prevented those dark days in my business. And so I learned we all need support. We're all human. We're all works in progress. I think, you know, again, we all deal with mental health issues or money issues and help is available and effective. But what about these thought patterns that we have that we're not even aware of, like money is the root of all evil, or if I want so much money, I'm, I'm a greedy person. How do we change those patterns so that we can welcome abundance? You're exactly right that our thoughts precede our emotions and behaviors. This is the thesis of cognitive behavioral therapy, which is one of the most empirically supported forms of therapy. So in my book, I have mock therapy sessions, which are journaling prompts, 
where I encourage people to think about what does money mean to you? What do you think of when I say the word money? My own therapist asked me that question, and I responded with stress. And she said, well, no wonder you make it go away. So I had to shift that belief using cognitive behavioral therapy, and there, there are exercises in my book that are thought records where we take the negative belief and we shift it. So I shifted mine from believing that money was stressful to viewing money as a resource and one of which I am deserving. And that changed my life. It transformed my life, obviously, with, with a lot of hard work and support from others. But I was able to successfully sell my business four years ago for a multimillion-dollar amount after thinking that I would have to file bankruptcy not too long ago. So really, I believe that this program can help people shift their mindset about finances and welcome an abundant life. I was one of those people, Joyce, who always felt that I was greedy if I wanted to earn a lot of money, that it just wasn't the right thing to do. And I remember I did an interview a number of years ago where the guest said to me, I think anyone who doesn't want to earn six, seven, eight figures, he said, I think that's an extremely selfish person. And then I asked why. And he said, because when you have a lot of money, you can do a lot of good in the world. And that got me thinking about it, it, it changed the way I thought about money because I started to think, well, the more I have, the more good I can do. So I'm not a bad person, you know, and that was something that worked for me, you know, switching the whole thought by figuring out how to reframe it. Is that something that people can do that would make a big difference in their lives? Absolutely. That was very well said, Joan. And I had the same experience. As a woman, I feel like I was socialized to be a people pleaser and a good girl and not ask for too much. And I set my own ceilings financially. And I realized that by expanding, you know, my thinking and welcoming more financial success, I was able to help more. Uh, But my accountant, my CPA, when he looked at my books, when I was in that really tough spot with my business, he said, Joyce, you're not running a charity to employ therapists. He said, you deserve to make a profit. And he helped me realize that when my business was profitable and healthy, then it sustained more people. I was able to hire more therapists and provide more jobs and provide sliding fee services or pro bono counseling services. And eventually we were able to give to charities that the therapists were aligned with and, and wanted to donate to. So it, it, it is a shift in mindset that when we become our best self and we grow and expand and we welcome more in our life, we can be of service to others in a more meaningful and helpful way. If we don't have anything, we have nothing to give. Joyce, how important is it for us to have a budget? I think it's important to have consciousness. So I know for me, I'm a spender, and it's very easy for me to go into financial denial. And so I think it's really important to have routine and regular financial check-ins. A budget is a framework. And just like when we're managing our food and exercise, you know, we want to be conscious. It's about balance. We want to make sure that there's a balance between spending and saving. And we don't want to be overly rigid. You know, you should be allowed to treat yourself and have vacations and spend money, but you also don't want to spend so much that it becomes self-harm. You know, sometimes we think retail therapy, for example, is self-care, but it becomes self-harm 
if we're overspending and, and causing ourselves to get into debt. So having a budget is a framework of consciousness. And when we visit it regularly, ourselves and with our partners or loved ones who we share a financial reality with, then we can all be on the same page and we can develop a vision for improving our financial health. So I think it is important to operate in a framework of reality. And Joyce, what would you say to someone who's listening to you right now who agrees with everything you're saying and and wants to get started on this path? What advice do you offer to help someone on this new journey? Well, I definitely would recommend to work the program in my book, which is the Financial Mindset Fix. It's a mental fitness program for an abundant life. It's on Amazon, Audible. It's available in bookstores. And it's a self-help program. It's a step-by-step program with practical tips and exercises. You have to do the work. It's like, you know, exercising with a personal trainer. You don't get the results unless you do the exercises. But I think that's a great place to start. I also recommend doing your own reflective work, whether that's counseling or therapy or coaching or some sort of spiritual program where you're checking in on yourself and you're doing some deeper exploration on your relationship with yourself and your finances. And once again, the book is The Financial Mindset Fix, a mental fitness program for an abundant life. Joyce, where can our listeners go to get more information about you and your work? My website is JoyceMarter.com, J-O-Y-C-E-M-A-R-T-E-R.com. And I'm on all the social media, and I would love to connect with people. Joyce, thank you so much for joining us. It has been such a pleasure having you on the show. Thanks so much, Joan. Great conversation. Thank you for joining us. I hope you found the show informative. At Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided is the opinion of our guest and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, cyacyl.com. That stands for Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. While on our site, listen to past shows on demand, read the digital magazine, sign up for our mailing list, and be sure to follow the show on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in.